Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 11, entitled The Perfect Society for Social Classes, verse number 22. Shauriyam viram dhviryam dhritistejas tyagachatmade akshama brahmanyata prasadascha satyamcha kshatra lakshanam What to a translation? Shauriyam Power in battle. Viryam being unconquerable. Dhritihi patience. Even in reverses, Ekshatriya is very grave. Tejaha ability to defeat others. Tyagaha giving charity. Cha and Atma Jayaha not being overwhelmed by bodily necessities Kshama forgiveness Brahmanyata faithfulness to the Brahmanical principles Prasadaha jolliness in any condition of life Cha and Satyamcha and truthfulness. Kshatra Lakshanam. These are the symptoms of Akshatriya. To be influential in battle, unconquerable patience, challenging and charitable, to control the bodily necessities, to be forgiving, to be attached to the Brahmanical nature, and to be always jolly and truthful. These are the symptoms of the Kshatriya. Verse 23. Devaguro chute bhaktis trivarga pariposhanam astikyam udhyamonityam naipunyam vaishyalakshanam Being always devoted to the demigods, to the spiritual master and the supreme lord Vishnu, endeavoring for advancement in religious principles, economic development and sense gratification, dharma, artha and kama, believing in the words of the spiritual master and scriptures and always endeavoring with expertise in earning money. These are the symptoms of the Vaishya. 24. Shudrasya sannitishaucham seva saminya amaya amantra yajnyohi astyayam satyam govipraraksanam Offering obeisance to the highest sections of the society, the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas and Vaishyas, being always very clean, being free from duplicity, serving one's master, performing sacrifices without uttering mantras, not stealing, always speaking the truth, and giving all protection to the cows and brahmanas. These are the symptoms of the Shudra. Purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada Ki. It is everyone's experience that workers or servants are generally accustomed to stealing. A first-class servant is one of one who does not steal. Here, it is recommended that a first-class shudra must 
remain very clean must not steal or speak lies and must always render service to his master a shudra may attend sacrifices and vedic ritualistic ceremonies along with his master but he should not utter the mantras for these may be uttered only by the members of the higher sections of society unless one is completely pure and has been raised to the standard of a brahmana kshatriya or vaishya in other words unless one is dvija twice born the chanting of mantras will not be fruitful ൃപകദാമഹ്യംദാത്തിസ്വദാന്തിക്കുരുവൈഷ്ണവാംശ്ചീരൂപം സാദ്വൈതം സാവധൂതം പരിജനസഹിതം കൃഷ്ണചൈതന്യദേവം ശ്രീരാധാകൃഷ്ണപാദാൻ സഹഗണലിത ശ്രീവിശാഖാന്യതാംശ ഹേ കൃഷ്ണ കരുണാസിന്ധോ ദീനബന്ധോ ജഗത്പദേ ഗോപേശ ഗോപികാകാന്ത രാധാകാന്ത നമോസ്തുതെ തപ്തകാഞ്ചന ഗോരാംഗീ രാധേ വൃന്ദാവനേശ്വരീ വൃഷഭാനുസുതേ ദേവീ പ്രണമാമി ഹരിപ്രിയേ വാഞ്ചകൽപദരുഭ്യശ്ച കൃപാസിന്ധുഭ്യച്ച പതിതാനാം പാവനേഭ്യോ വൈഷ്ണവേഭ്യോ നമോ നമഃ ജയ ശ്രീകൃഷ്ണ ചൈതന്യ പ്രഭുനിത്യാനന്ദ്രീയദ്വൈതകദാധ്രീവാസാദിഗോരഭക്തവൃന്ദ ഹരേ കൃഷ്ണ ഹരേ കൃഷ്ണ 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 ഹരേ 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 രാമ ഹരേ രാമ 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 ഹരേ ഹരേ ഭൂതൈർമഹാത്ഭിർയമാപുരോ വിഭൂ നിർമ്മായേതയതമൂഷ പുരുഷ ഭുങ്ക്തെ ഗുണാൻ ഷോഡശ ഷോഡശാത്മക സോലങ്കൃഷീഷ്ഠ ഭഗവാൻ വചാംസി മേ ഹരേ കൃഷ്ണ ഹിയർ ഇൻ ദീസ് ചാപ്റ്റേഴ്സ് ഓഫ് ശ്രീമദ് ഭാഗവതം സ്റ്റാർട്ടിംഗ് ഫ്രം ദ ഇലവൻ ചാപ്റ്റർ ഓൾ ദ വീട്ടിൽ ഫിഫ്റ്റീൻ ചാപ്റ്റേഴ്സ് the conversation between naradabuni and yudhishthir maharaj continues because we remember the beginning of the canto is the conversation between naradabuni and yudhishthir maharaj and in that context the pastime of pralad maharaj was described after finishing that pastime after removing all the doubts of yudhishthir maharaj regarding the enmity between pralad and his father why such such a heinous mentality was maintained by hiranyakashipu and why he tried to kill his own son after clearing all those doubts the discussion begins about the varnashram dharma so these five chapters are 
very elaborately describing Vedic Varnashrama Dharma in which all the Varnas, Ashramas, different ritualistic ceremonies which need to be performed in different time according to different Varna, according to different Ashramas, everything is explained in these chapters. Along with that, there is the description even of a transcendentalist, of a person who is even beyond Varna and Ashrama. The characteristics of a param Paramahamsa, that is also described in this chapter. So we can see that this section of chapters are primarily focused on Varnashrama Dharma and the respective duties and how they can be performed such that one can come to the platform of pure Krishna consciousness. So that is the context of these chapters and here it is mentioned the chapter title in itself is the perfect society. So Srila Prabhupada indeed emphasized a lot on Varnashrama Dharma. However, Prabhupada couldn't establish a Varna system properly. Ashramas he established to a great degree, but to have the proper Varnashram Dharma, he didn't have sufficient time. So why? If you see the historical context, if you see Srila Prabhupada didn't get into Varnashram Dharma so much in the beginning because the purpose of Varnashram Dharma is to come to the platform of Krishna consciousness. So he indeed used the favorable aspects of the current social order, whatever it is, and he used that to establish Krishna consciousness. To give a classic example, Srila Prabhupada said, you are hippies at this point. Many of you are hippies who got attracted to Krishna consciousness. Practically speaking, you didn't follow any rules and regulations of Varnashram Dharma. That can be very much supportive to Krishna consciousness, but none of you followed any of this. But you have one good quality. Hmm? What is that good quality? They didn't follow any other regulatory principles. But there was one good quality that Srila Prabhupada recognized even in the hippies. And what is that quality? Can anyone remember? What is that quality? Hmm? Exactly, that's right. Tyaga, the renunciation. They were able to give up the material comforts of home. Their parents who were well-to-do and they were able to live a life was quite renounced. At the same time, they couldn't give up meat eating, intoxication or illicit sex. They couldn't give up all those kind of things, but they had the quality of renunciation, which is very favorable in Krishna consciousness. For example, Srila Prabhupada contrasted this with Indians, because Srila Prabhupada was trying to preach Krishna consciousness in India, and it wasn't successful. Prabhupada went up to the Vaishnava families who were well-to-do and they had multiple children at home. He requested, please give me one of your sons and I will train him in Krishna consciousness. Make him a pure devotee and give back to you. But no one was ready to give any of their progenies. So this is the, because they are so attached. 
And even young men, they weren't ready to follow Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada struggled in preaching Krishna consciousness in India. We know how he was distributing back to God at magazines. Not easy. He struggled to print books. So, Srila Prabhupada established Krishna consciousness in a society accepting the current social order. He didn't really try to establish first Varnashram. So after giving Krishna consciousness, he established ashramas. We know he duly married couples who were otherwise staying together. So Prabhu said, okay, now you want to get initiated, so now is the time to get married. First, duly get married. So Prabhu slowly and steadily increased, introduced the principles of Varnashram so that it can help their progress in bhakti. So we can see how Srila Prabhupada expertly introduced principles of Varnashram Dharma. And then later he established proper ashram systems. Those who are coming, young men and women, he engaged them in Krishna service and now you are a brahmachari. So here the point is even Prabhupada established ashram for ladies. So there is no word such as brahmacharini. <laughs> Sanskrit doesn't have such a word <laughs> because <laughs> it's, there is only word of brahmachari because it's only male. But Srila Prabhupada established ashram for women because generally women are under the shelter of their parents but outside of India especially in the western society no shelter so Prabhupada had to give shelter and so there was an ashram for women and ashram for men and ashram for women so we can see that how Prabhupada started establishing war ashramas so there was this everyone practically speaking everyone who came to the temple it's just a matter of a day or two or a week. They are now brahmacharis. They are all full-time devotees, men or women. So you can see that it's very appropriate if you think because in the Vedic society, a, a, a boy who is growing up at the age of five is sent to Gurukula. And how Gurukula functions? Gurukula is generally home. Gurukula is a home. It's, it's not... Uh, a specific institution as such. It's home. I remember speaking to my grandfather. He told when he was a young boy, he was sent to Gurukula to learn Vedas. So he had to leave his family. He was sent there. And in Gurukula is a home. So it is the house of another is Guru who teaches Vedas. So he goes there, he lives there with the family. So there Guru is there, Guru's wife is there, and they are grihasthas, and they look after these children. So they live with them, they eat with them, they have their room, they sleep there, they have their services, early morning get up, start chanting the Vedic mantras and paying obeisances, and they have holidays according to Tithi. <laughs> so it's a different system altogether. There is no concept of Saturday, Sunday. According to the Tithi, they have uh, holidays, and they have entertainment too. Some, because uh, he was living in Kerala, so he was telling some, some holidays they arranged boat. So they were, they were taught how to, uh, uh, what do you call it? how to row the boats and they, they can actually row the boat. So they go for boating one day 
<laughs> and they go, they play different games. So it was a complete Gurukula system starting at the age of five. And that can go all the way up till 25 if it's required, but it can be sometimes till 16, sometimes till 18. So there are different ages. So in my grandfather's case, he did till 16, I think, 16 or 17. Then that time they established a normal school. Then he went for the English education. So, so far it was only the native tongue and Sanskrit. And after that he learned English and he, you know, he further continued his study. So you can see that there was this Gurukula system and for Srila Prabhupada there is no time for all these kind of things. And so they were directly trained in Krishna consciousness and they were given the title of different ashrams. Okay, you are a brahmachari and some of them, those who are couple not get married, okay, you get married, you are grihastha. And there is no concept of vanaprast at that point. But Srila Prabhupada established sannyas. There was not much of a concept of Vanaprastha. Yes, we can see some were on the path of Vanaprastha. Actually, indeed, there was, we can say that even the couples who didn't have children or never had children and who served Krishna full-time, who served the temple full-time, we can say that Vanaprasthas because there is no uh, demand of earning money and there is no responsibility of looking after children. Then one can be considered a Vanaprastha. So to some degree we can see Vanaprasthas even from the very beginning <laughs> because they don't have any children, they don't have any responsibility of making money, then they are straight away Vanaprastha. And Srila Prabhupada established Sanyas Ashram. So there have been uh, a lot of Sanyasis. So we can see how in the history of his con, Srila Prabhupada established Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha and Sanyas. However, when it came to Varnas, that makes it quite challenging. So he couldn't establish the complete Varnashram system. So for any society to establish Varnashram, first Ashrama has to be strong. Because Ashrama is the spiritual shelter. Ashrama is the place in which we can practice our spirituality, our Krishna consciousness. If the ashramas are not strong, then it is very difficult to establish Varna. It, it's quite hard because spiritually everything is, is nowhere. One doesn't understand the spiritual principles. Then the question arises, why do we have to follow any Varna? And why do we have to follow any rules and regulations whatsoever? So, when we talk about the development of Varna, uh, Prabhupada used the term Varna uh, in different meanings or there are different meanings to Varnas. For example, Varna has the general meaning of a social order that exists in any society, whether it's East or West. And that is a natural social order. As Srila Prabhupada explained, there is naturally there is a Shudra class. There is a labor class always. And there is something typical about the labor class. They work hard, they make money, but they are more prone to enjoyment. And there is the next Vaishya class, those who are businessmen and those who are doing agriculture. And then there is Kshatriya administrative class, so anywhere there is a ruling class is there. And ultimately there is a Brahminical class, the intellectuals of the society. That does exist in our society, even in Australia we have such kind of a system. For example, I'll give you an example, uh, when the COVID was running, you know, 
okay, there was this lockdowns, whatever, whatever reason it is. Okay, the decision was made by whoever is ruling, probably the premier or whoever is the minister. Now, the data is provided by the intellectuals in the university. So the research was going on in the university and whether it's right or wrong, that's a separate question. <laughs> but based on that Brahmanical instructions, so-called Brahmanical instructions, the Kshatriya was making the decisions and it was impacting the society. So we can see that uh, the, the ruling class needs guidance. So even in political parties, there are think tanks are required. <laughs> they think, they may not be the forefront, they may not be the rule makers, but there have to be someone who can think and can give advice. So in Kali Yuga, those kind of advices may not be Krishna conscious. It can be pretty bad, but it does exist. So this is the one way of looking at Varna. A system that is uh, there naturally, naturally in any society. And another one is not Daivi Varnashram, but Asuri Varnashrama, <laughs> Asuri Varnashrama, which is just one has the one claims to be a Brahmana, Kshatriya, or Vaishya, or a Shudra based on one's birth, not based on Guna Karma Vibhagashaha, but just based on one's birth. Hmm? So, based on birth, one can claim to be a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, or a Shudra, but one may not have qualifications. So this is Asri Varnashram and also there is no emphasis on Krishna Consciousness. So this is another. Then there is a Daivi Varnashram. Daivi Varnashram is focused on Krishna Consciousness. Even though there is social orders, but the aim of the social order is to come to the platform of worshipping Krishna. So this is the ultimately we want Daivi Varnashram. Other Varnashrams are not going to help so much. However, in a given situation, we use the current social order, however favorable it is, to propagate Krishna consciousness. So here, in this context, it is mentioned, first, here we can see the qualification of a Shudra. Now, if you hear the qualification of a Shudra, it is pretty high class. On one level, Srila Prabhupada explains that a Shudra follows Four regulative principles. Okay. The Shudra is on the human platform. Is it easy now to follow four regulative principles? No. So even a Vedic Shudra used to follow four regulative principles. So we may say, oh, it's a Shudra, it's a low class. No. Being a Shudra is very high class. Why? First one has to follow four regulative principles. No meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling, no illicit relations. Can you see? So being a Shudra is a high class. And here, further explained, what are the qualities of a Shudra? Shudra is always clean. Always clean. So if one follows four regulative principles, then internally there is some amount of cleanliness and externally also a Shudra is clean. Free from duplicity, <laughs> high class. Serving one's master. Performing sacrifices without uttering mantras. 
very high class. So Shudras don't learn Vedas, but they know the principles. And so they serve all other classes, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Brahmanas. If you consider the qualities of a proper worker in, in a corporation or in any companies, now these qualities are favorable, isn't it? Serving the master. If somebody is employed currently, if earning some wages, then one is acting on the platform of Shudra. And what are the qualities? It's Shudra. If you're working and earning money, it's a, it is a Shudra occupation because other three classes don't work for anyone. They don't accept any income. Brahmanas, they accept donation, but no income as such. So Brahmana can be rich or poor. A Kshatriya is ruling over accept taxes, but no, he doesn't work for anyone. Similarly, Vaishya has his own business or, or an agriculturalist has his own fields, so not working for others. Whereas only Shudra works. So currently we can see a society of Shudras because there is a lot of working class. And the qualities which are mentioned are very, very conducive to be a working person in the society. Being always clean, being free from duplicity and serving one's master. We don't like to use the term master, but we are serving our boss. Boss is master, isn't it? <laughs> so, if one can uh, serve the master without duplicity and uh, without stealing, hmm? stealing, without stealing, it is a good qualification. Probably if you work hard, serve your master, whichever employment you have, if you work hard and if you work properly, generally it's been appreciated, isn't it? So, yes, to be a Shudra is good. Hmm? However, in terms of devotees, we don't say you are a Shudra, you are a Kshatriya, you are a Vaishya, we don't classify like that. But in the Varnashram context, we can understand. Hmm? For a devotee is a devotee. One may be working a job, one may be in a Shudra occupation, but we don't say that you are a Shudra devotee. No, they don't work together. A, a Vaishnava is always a Brahmana. <laughs> Vaishnava is also always a Brahmana because Vaishnava is above Brahmana. So being a devotee means all other qualifications are already there, even if one is accepting an income from anyone. Because one is functioning on the highest platform. At the same time we had to see even if one is accepting a Shudra occupation, it has to be conducive for Krishna consciousness. We can see sometimes people work where the regulatory principles are broken. You cannot work in a meat-eating restaurant, it is not conducive. Similarly, uh, one cannot touch meat or other intoxicants. So they are not conducive for Krishna consciousness. So a devotee do not accept such kind of occupations. So devotee may accept occupation, one may accept Shudra occupation, but devotee is not a Shudra. So that also we had to understand. At the same time, this Varnashram qualification of Shudra is very high according to the current such status. Actually, to follow four regulatory principles strictly, one has to come to the platform of Krishna Consciousness and one has to get initiated. <laughs> one needs the mercy of the Guru Parampara to even follow four regulatory principles. In other words, to function on a human platform, we need the mercy of the Parampara, including the Guru. This is, a, this is the reality of the situation. Otherwise, one can easily break even four regulatory principles. See how 
the situation has degraded. So here it is mentioned, yes, not stealing, always speaking the truth and giving all protection to the cows and the brahmanas. These are the symptoms of the shudras. So the qualification shudra is very high. Giving respect to brahmanas and cows. Do we have any shudras in, in this current age? No, hard to find a shudra, isn't it? Is it easy to find shudras? No. These are the qualifications. See, offering obeisances to the higher sections of the society, the brahmana, kshatriyas, vaishyas, being always very clean, being free from duplicity, serving one's master, performing sacrifices without uttering mantras, not stealing, always speaking the truth and giving all protection to the cows and the brahmanas. These are the symptoms of the shudras. Very high qualifications. And so, we don't find so many shudras. So even developing these qualities are beneficial for us. <laughs> we may be devotees, but when we see these qualities, they are beneficial for us. And we shouldn't just look down. Yeah, shudra, low class. No, being a shudra is very high class. According to the Kali Yuga standards, very high class. Now, moving on, and here also Prabhupada mentions that uh, if one is not qualified, chanting mantras will not be fruitful. This is also a very important point to be considered and understood. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, anyone can chant. No restrictions. No restrictions. Nam Nam Akari Bahudha Nijasarva Shakti Tatra Pita Niyamita Niyamena Kala. There is no restriction, there are no rules and regulations in chanting holy names of Krishna. It can be Hare Krishna Mahamantra, just uttering names of God, there are no qualifications required. But here the specific mention is about Vedic mantras. Vedic mantras starting from Pranava, Omkara, Gayatri Mantra. If one is not qualified, chanting these mantras are simply waste of time. Simply waste of time. People chant Omkara, Pranava, people chant Gayatri Mantra, those who are not initiated in the parampara. Sanatana Goswami mentions that if it is not received from the Guru, chanting of Gayatri is useless. Even Vedic mantras is Nishphala. It will not give any fruits. You can see, you can hear so many chants, Gayatri Mantra chanting. Oh, in the mp3 format or in a download you can see if you go for different people do all these kirtans and bhajans and one of the mantras that they use is Gayatri Mantra. Is there any use of chanting Gayatri Mantra? First, they haven't received the mantra from the Guru. Second, they don't even know the meaning of the mantra. Third, they may not be following four regulatory principles strictly and those who are listening these mantras they are also of no qualification, not following four regulatory principles, they are not initiated. So it's simply a waste of time. So we shouldn't have any sentiments, chanting Brahma Gayatri, etc. without any qualification. One should understand, no use. So to, for the Gayatri to give result, one has to be qualified. And the same principle is applicable to other Vedic mantras. And since Shudras are not educated in Vedic mantras, and it is not the dharma to chant any of the Vedic mantra. It's not required. Without that, they can get purification. That is the point. Without chanting Vedic mantra, still they can be purified. Hmm? And 
in the vedic process then if he speak about bhakti striyo vaishoya tatha shudra epe yanti param gatim krishna speaks in 9th chapter of bhagavad gita doesn't matter which social order you belong to if you take to krishna consciousness to bhakti if you chant hare krishna mahamantra anyone can be purified swanishthasya dharmasya samsiddhir haritoshana the purpose of all varnashram is ultimately to please krishna that is the only purpose moving on on to the next one the qualities of uh, a vaishya as it is mentioned what are the qualities of vaishya being always devoted to the demigods vaishyas in the vedic tradition worship demigods because they want with material facilities they want the rain at the right time they want the right seasons they want wealth so they do worship demigods the spiritual master and the supreme lord vishnu they worship the demigods and the supreme lord and endeavoring for advancement in religious principles economic development and sense gratification see they want economic development and sense gratification dharma ardha and kama this is the position of vaishyas and believing in the words of spiritual master and the scriptures and always endeavoring with expertise in earning money the vaishyas are considered the belly of the universal form hmm? so they make money for all other three classes vaishyas make money for all other three classes the shudras they work and they don't handle money vaishyas make money and they give taxes to the government as well as they give in charity to brahmanas so the vaishyas maintain both kshatriyas brahmanas and shudras in one sense so we can see vaishyas is the the treasury department <laughs> the finance department is vaishya and then they have all these good qualities and by the by vaishyas are also twice born they are also dvija they get initiated they study vedas and they get the thread and they get the mantra so can you see the vaishyas are also twice born so they know the principles so this is the vedic society and when we move up to this one kshatriyas that's the verse for today they are influential in battle unconquerable patient challenging challenging and charitable kshatriya has what are the qualities mentioned here shauryam viryam dhriti shauryam valorous they are valor valorous they they can fight they don't run away in the battlefield yuddhecha apalayanam bhagavad gita explain yuddhecha apalayanam they don't run away in the battlefield that is kshatriya quality they have the desire to fight for the right cause and they are up for the battle and bhagavad gita first chapter is mentioned that or second chapter is mentioned that happy happy are those kshatriyas who are encountered with the battle they want to fight that is the kshatriya quality they don't run away from the battlefield not like the current defense minister they don't go to the battlefield but a real kshatriya will be on the battlefield because there is that is the nature there is a desire to fight that is kshatriya and what else charitable that is also nature of a kshatriya kshatriya being a kshatriya is not easy being a kshatriya is not easy if you give a word the word has to be fulfilled otherwise one is not a kshatriya and very charitable we know even the demons functioning as kshatriyas in the vedic time right 
Who is the classic example? Eh? No. There is a classic example who someone asked for charity, even Krishna asked for charity. Pandavas all went and asked for charity. Who was there? Who was killed by Bhima? Jarasantha? Right? Did they go for Jarasantha? They went. The Pandavas and uh, Arjuna went. And what they dressed themselves as? Brahmanas. Right? They dressed themselves, they are not Brahmanas. They dressed themselves as Brahmanas in front of Jarasantha, went in front of Jarasantha. And Jarasantha is a Kshatriya king. So, they asked, we, we need something in charity. So, he said, he could understand, they are not just Brahmanas. Jarasandha could see, because saw the hand, forearm and everything, saw the hands and then they understood, he is not just a Brahmana. Brahmana cannot have a strong and stout body. But still, since they dressed themselves as Brahmanas, what did Jarasandha say? Whatever happens, I will give in charity. Otherwise, there will be Kulakshaya. The whole Kula will be ruined. Whole fame will be ruined. So, I cannot do that. I will give in charity if Brahmana asks for. What did they ask for charity? A fight. <laughs> so, then he understood. Yeah, they revealed themselves practically. Fight. So, he looked at Krishna, he said, no, Krishna, I will not fight with Krishna. No. He rejected others. They are all not weak for, weak for me. And finally, who, who he chose? Bhima. Okay, for him, with him, I will fight. And we know the, how that fight took place. Can you see? So the Vedic kings, they were ready to give charity in anything. Any condition, they will give charity. Bali Maharaj, ready to give in charity. Even Ravana, ready to give in charity. Even Duryodhana, ready to give in charity. Right? He, he actually uh, kept his words. We know in the battle, we know the, when Bhishma Dev took five arrows and kept aside. Tomorrow I am going to kill all the Pandavas because Duryodhana poked him so much. And you are actually, you are in my side but really, you are really fighting for the Pandavas. Then. Kshatriya. Who is a Kshatriya? Bhishma is also a Kshatriya. <laughs> Bhishma is a Kshatriya. He said, okay, tomorrow I'll kill them. These are the five arrows. You keep it. Tomorrow you give me the arrows, I'll kill them. Then what happened? Krishna played and Arjuna went and asked in the middle of the night and told Duryodhana, look, you have given a promise to us. During that time of Vanavasa, you were defeated by Yakshas. And then we saved you. I saved you. So you have to fulfill the promise. So he said, okay, I have to do it. No problem. Immediately give me those five arrows. Duryodhana, he could have told, no. No, he gave. So this is Kshatriya, Vedic Kshatriya. So being a Vedic Kshatriya is also not very easy, isn't it? Easy to be always keep our words? No. We tell something and after five minutes, no, I change my words. It's a common, no, 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 not like this, like that. So... Being a Kshatriya is not so easy. People tell, oh, how Kshatriya can have uh, multiple wives? How can they enjoy like this? Yes, but there is the other side of the story also. What is that? They, have, they had to be charitable, they had to keep up their words. 
they cannot run away in the battlefield if anyone challenges they have to go for it they have to fight in gambling match in the real fight any time they had to go for it risking their own lives this is kshatriya this is very is being a kshatriya is not easy that's what we discussed today being a shudra is not easy this is the shudra qualification verse 24 being truthful being obedient following all for for regular principles not stealing not lying serving brahmanas and cows that is a shudra serving all three other classes kshatriyas vaishyas and brahmanas not easy to be a shudra be a vaishya again not easy one is twice born one has to follow brahmanical principles and one has to follow uh, the spiritual master and the scriptures and then expertly endeavor to earn money this is vaishya not easy and to be akshatriya that is also not so easy so vedic varnashram standard is so high that it takes time for us to understand and even apply those principles in our lives at the same time as we know as we discussed a devotee is above varnashram but it doesn't mean that we can forget the principles of varnashram hmm? say for example we have a clear distinction between ashramas can we forget that no a brahmachari has to act as a brahmachari we cannot say i am a transcendental so i can act any way what will happen one will be in maya for a grihastha there are proper principles if we don't follow one will fall down same with vanaprastha and same with sanya so the varnashram principles have to be followed as much as given by the acharyas to make progress in bhakti so we don't get into the all the intricacies even all the intricacies which are presented in bhagavatam we don't follow all of them but whatever is given by prabhupad we do follow so varnashram there are so many principles given we don't follow everything but whatever is necessary shila prabhupad is given and we do follow that and they are required otherwise even chanting hare krishna mahamantra becomes difficult now i am beyond varnashram then what happens one is not following the basic principles so one is in maya correct so in the vedic society for a one brahmana a one brahmana can could handle how many kshatriyas nine kshatriyas right and then 90 shudras and then 900 sorry 90 vaishyas and 900 shudras can you see so the ratio is 1 to 1000 one brahmana about 1000 shudras one brahmana about 90 vaishyas one brahmana he can handle about 9 kshatriyas so it's showing the head of the society is the brahmana and shila prabhupad wanted all of us to be brahmanas so it is independent of our occupation we told if you are accepting money income one is a shudra but that's we don't buy into that so much when it comes to the devotion service so if one can be a devotee and one has to act on the brahmanical platform one may be earning a job doesn't matter one has to act on the brahmanical platform one may be running a business still one has to act on the brahmanical platform meaning that one should be able to give krishna conscious knowledge to others and one has to practice krishna consciousness oneself so that is brahmanical principles so one of the quality of brahmana is studying shastra 
and teaching Shastra. Accepting charity and giving charity. Worshipping the deities and teaching others how to worship deities. So these Brahmanical principles can be applied in anyone in Krishna conscious society independent of their Varna. Literally speaking, means one can be working a job, doesn't matter, still one can worship the deity, one can teach others how to worship the deities. One can learn Krishna consciousness, one can teach others Krishna consciousness. So in that way, we can apply these principles, at the same time we can act beyond. Make sense? So here, uh, to conclude, we read three verses describing the qualities of Kshatriya, Vaishya and Shudra and Srila Prabhupada explains that even the quality of Shudra is very high. We can look up to the qualities of Shudra. So we shouldn't really look down upon Shudra qualities. Rather, we should look up to Shudra qualities. Hare Krishna. Is there any questions or comments? Yes, Sivya. One second, the microphone. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, you mentioned the Kshatriyas don't work for anyone, but don't the Kshatriyas work for their citizens? Like they fight for the citizens. And yes, but they don't work to earn money. That is the point. Everyone is serving. Brahmana is serving, <laughs> Kshatriya is serving, Vaishya is serving, Shudra is serving. Everyone is serving. And in one sense, everyone is managing also. Brahmanas manage knowledge. Kshatriyas manage the people, Vaishyas manage the money, hmm? and Shudras, they manage the labor in that sense. <laughs> so everyone is managed, managing in their department. But when it comes to Kshatriya, uh, they, so they are serving, at the same time they are not working for money. Thank you. Okay. And Prabhu is also reading in a book about the Indian the caste system which works in India. Yeah. So is the Varnashrama Dharma system... Okay, caste system is the exile. This is the one, pretty much caste system comes to the Asuri Varnashram. It's not Devi, it's not, it's not, it's not godly. Because one is a Brahmana just by birth. One may not have qualification. I remember uh, one time I went to one of our family temples and uh, I went inside and it is very a particular, no, I, I can't remember, yeah. Then I, my father paid obeisances and I also paid obeisance at one point. And uh, the pujari came and asked, who are you? Because I didn't have, I was not Brahman initiated, so I didn't have a thread. You don't have the thread, so how can you pay obeisances here? Can you, can you understand? So that, that is kind of, you understand, a typical caste system. A, a typical caste system. And another time also I was questioned by a few people, questioning, you know, who are you, you know? So the point is, that is based on birth. But Bhagavad Gita says, guna karma vibhagasha. So uh, being a Brahmana or Kshatriya by birth, just by birth, birth can be a favorable circumstance, but just by birth one will not have the quality. So it is guna and karma. So it is not the proper 
uh, Varnashram Dharma, that is actually a caste system. That's why we call it caste system. <laughs> it's not Varnashram. So there is a difference between Varnashram Dharma and caste system. What does exist in India, predominantly that is caste system. Which is not right. That's not really Vedic. And Bhagavatam gives the examples. For example, in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, we know Rishabdev, right? Who are the sons of Rishabdev? Who is the oldest son of Rishabdev? Famous personality. Huh? We should all know. Exactly, Bharat Maharaj. So, Bharat, we know Bharat, they was coming from Bharat Maharaj. He's the eldest son. He became a Kshatriya, he became the emperor. And there are seven islands, right? Sapta, uh, Sapta Dvipas, right? Dvipas. The all other seven, they also became Kshatriyas, they ruled. Other, many of them became, about hundred sons he had, the rest became Brahmanas. And finally, nine of them became beyond Varnashram, Paramahamsa. They became Navayogendras. Can you see? Father is one, if you think about Rishabdev. But he had sons who are Kshatriyas, who are Brahmanas, and who are Paramahamsas. Navayogendras, the whole 11 canto, we can hear the conversation of this Navayogendras and great sages, great kings, like King Nimi and Karabhajanamuni. Hmm? So, they, so this is the point. So by birth, one doesn't really belong to Brahmana Kshatriya Vaishwara Shudra or it is mentioned Janmana Jayade Shudra. We can say Samskarat Bhavet Vipra Veda Padat, sorry, Duja Veda Padat Bhavet Vipra Brahma Janati Iti Brahmana. So we can say, so there has to be progression after birth in terms of developing qualities and engaging in the appropriate activities. Clear? Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. You can give it to Prabhu. Pass it on to Prabhu, please. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Um, so, these Chatur Varnas, they part of Sanatan Dharma system? Yes. Um, my question is more to do with, we, we're trying to go beyond that Brahman stage with becoming Vaishnava. Our yeah. goal is to become Vaishnava, so he's higher than Brahmana. The Varnashram system was also applied to out, outside the Vaishnavism or it was only sort of more close to the Vaishnavism. If somebody was devoted to Lord Shiva, did they also follow similar Varnashram? Yes. So, Varnashram system is followed by everyone. Even if they are worshipping demigods, still in the Vedic society, indeed they followed Varnashrama. And there are Brahmanas who are, even in Daivi Varnashrama, we can understand, there are Brahmanas, predominantly they were worshipping demigods. Hmm? They accept, they understand Vishnu, they don't offend Vishnu, but they do puja for everyone. So they also belong to Varnashram. So Varnashram is a common social order on which everything else is resting. So this is the Vedic system. So in Varnashram, some Brahmanas, they may they worship the demigods, they may worship Vishnu also, but they may not do exclusive worship of Vishnu. And eventually, that's why a proper Brahmana is already a Vaishnava. So in other words, Bhagavatam uses the term Brahmana in different contexts. 
So Brahmana can be a ritualistic Brahmana. A Brahmana can, can be a practicing devotee or Brahmana can be a pure devotee or Brahmana can be a Paramahamsa. So Brahmana term can be used in different meanings but the highest understanding of Brahmana is Vaishnava. So we need to, uh, we need to ha have that broad spectrum when we use the word Brahmana. We need to understand Brahma Janati and ultimate Brahman is Krishna. So Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram, Paramam Bhavan. So in that way, we can understand ultimately Brahmana is a Vaishnava. This caste system yes. looks like it was followed even 5000 years ago when Krishna was here. K Karna was always classified on his caste as a... So when did this Sanatan Varnashram system it was quite different into caste system not exactly because in the Vedic times uh, it was not caste system rather it was predominantly Varnashram or it was actually Varnashram it was not a caste system that's why there is the term Brahma Bandhu Kshatra Bandhu if you're born in the family of a Brahmana or a Kshatriya and if you don't possess the qualities then one is considered only as a relative or a friend of a Brahmana or that of a Kshatriya. That, that, that's why there are terms like Brahma Bandhu or Kshatra Bandhu. We can hear even when it comes to the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, in case of which Brahmana who fell down first, and that is a, considered the beginning of Kali Yuga. Which Brahmana fell down? Who didn't act as a Brahmana? The son. Yes, exactly. Shringi, Shringi boy. Brahmana, young boy, he was proud. The Brahmanical class fell down because of pride. So there, he is simply considered as a Brahma Bandhu, not as a Brahmana. So there was such kind of dis distinctions did exist. And also it was very pure that time. Currently the Varnas are also very mixed. We have different qualities. That is one reason we cannot strictly follow Varnashrama at this point. Ashrama is still okay. Varna is so difficult to follow because of this reason. <laughs> because we are mixed. We may have some Brahmanical qualities, some Kshatriya qualities, some Vaishya qualities, some Shudra qualities, a mix. We are mixed up. So it is very difficult to follow, follow Varna, Varna as such. However, when we take to that society, they could see the qualities and they could see he is a Kshatriya or he is a Shudra. That's why uh, when Karna learned the archery from whom? Parashuram. What happened? He was bitten by a? By a worm. A scorpion. St then he was bitten by a scorpion. Still he didn't react. He tolerated. When Parashuram, he was sleeping, he came uh, to external consciousness. He understood. Karna was able to tolerate. What was his immediate conclusion? You are a Kshatriya. You are a Kshatriya. Can you see? Even Kshatranis, means wife of Kshatriya, called Kshatrani, even they had the qualities. They were brave. They knew how to fight. We know the case of Rukmini. In the Rukmini Swamara, who was driving the chariot? Rukmini was driving the chariot and Krishna was fighting. So that the qualities were so predominant that in the Vedic times in Varnashram they could actually see the qualities and they can see yeah, he is a Kshatriya, he is a Vaishya, he is a Shudra. 
Can you see? So uh, that was not really a caste system. And there was no need of caste system in the Vedic times because of such predominance of qualities. That was in the forefront. However, now we are mixed up. So we are ourselves confused. Who am I? <laughs> You know, I give the example of when we do the university preaching, uh, especially among the Western crowd, we speak to students, they're completely mixed up, and many of them after first year, they drop out. They do one course, and in um, it's just a matter of months, you know, I dropped, I tried this. You can see so many things they're trying, because no clear, because one's own nature is not very clear. This is the problem of Kali Yuga. It's a big problem. Okay, we are not talking about, we are the spirit soul, we are Atma. Okay, that is very high. <laughs> even before that, even one's own psychophysical nature is a bit of a confusion. Can you see? So that is the difference. And at this point, if you say, okay, he is a Kshatriya, just by birth, it doesn't work because it is very much mixed up. So when did this caste system actually... Yeah, that's what's mentioned. It started at the beginning of, beginning of Kaliga and Bhagavatam, Canto 1 explains, it starts from the, the fall down of Shringi. So Shringi is considered the epitome of that. Fall down of Shringi because he was meant to forgive. One of the, the highest Brahmanical qualification is to forgive. If one cannot forgive, one is not a Brahmana. And Shringi, he didn't forgive. Rather, he was proud. Who is this king? Who is, who is just like a, this Kshatriyas, they are just like dogs uh, eating the remnants of their master. This is the way Shringi was talking about a pure devotee. Hmm? Can you see? So there was the pride. So the pride of the Brahmanical classes caused the fall down. Make sense? So that is the beginning we can say. Thank okay. Thank you. Okay. Any final questions? Any final question? If not, We'll stop here. Thank you very much. Grandraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Nitai Gora Pramanande Hari Hari.
Free. 